Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So we are, this is one of our More Than Mom episodes. We air them a couple of Sundays a month, and they are our chance to set aside motherhood and parenting topics and talk about something totally different. I'm really excited about this one. Me too. (laughs) So today we're talking about- We're going to be grumpy. Well, but we have a lot to say, and I guarantee you guys- have had experiences and opinions about this too. So we're talking about hospitality and customer service, not the hospitality in your own home, but the hospitality industry, hotels and restaurants, customer service. Um, We had some interesting experiences recently while traveling at a hotel that we'll get into in the second half of the show, but that's what prompted us to think like, what does it mean to have a great customer service experience? I think that's, what's really interesting to talk about because it's a little, there's like a secret sauce kind of for what makes it's like, it's a little, the specifics are a little bit different for everybody, but I feel like there's this overall attitude, like a through line that is the same for everyone. So yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, there's nothing better than having a phenomenal server at a restaurant or just like an impeccable hotel experience. It's not always the highest end too. You can have great service very true for a mid range price and vice versa. Um, And you and I have also both worked in specifically the restaurant industry, but other aspects of customer service. So we'll get into that as well. I'm really excited. Me too. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. 
And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. All right, Megan, you ready? I am ready. Okay. So let's talk about what kind of customer service or hospitality jobs we've personally had. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, well, my first one that I can remember, and, and I think it's my first one, it was a car hop when I was 15 and 16. I did two summers. What is that? And that's just, What's a car hop? It's like, a, it's like an old-fashioned um. It's like an old fashioned restaurant where you drive in like a oh, drive-in restaurant. Oh yeah. Okay. And then the waitresses bring, or it's typically waitresses. They bring the food to your car with a little tray and yeah. put it on your window. Okay. And, um, so that was my first serving experience. And I worked at a few different restaurants on and off from like 17 to 25, like, like right around 17, 18, I had like a little spate of them. Yeah. And then there was this family restaurant. My sister worked in forever, like two decades. Mm-hmm. And I worked there on and off when I lived in, um, in her town for, well, I lived there it was my town for about eight years. So yeah. and that was like, couple evenings or maybe a weekend or something like that. So it was kind of on and off. I worked a year or two in retail. I worked at JCPenney for a long time. Um, I worked at the Bombay company for a couple of weeks and then completely forgot. I worked at the Bombay company until I just thought of it. <laughs> I forgot that the uh, Bombay company existed until you yeah, remember how that. awesome that place was. Yeah. Uh, you could get all of your, it was kind of like world market, right? Yes. But it was like the earlier version of it and smaller. And like, I feel like a little more upscale, uh-huh. um, but maybe that was just my, you know, 17 year old self thinking it was upscale. It was probably not really. Um, but I worked at JCPenney in like the women's section. And then I worked in watch repair. Nice. Um, isn't that funny? And like, I was, I kind of bounced all over the place at JCPenney. And then I know it doesn't exactly count, but when I was temping, I worked in like office jobs. I did tons of like first line customer service yeah. kind of stuff, like first person on the phone. And there's so many things that oh, yeah. are similar. I couldn't even begin to name all of those, but like, there's so many similarities. You're not dealing with People aren't there to be uh, hosted or served, but you're still serving them in a different way. So I think there's a ton of overlap, I think, especially when you're that first line and you're answering questions. It's a lot of the same stuff. So I worked in restaurants um, from when I was 17 to about 24 as really my 
I mean, I didn't work full time all the time, but if I had a job, it was in a restaurant. So starting as a host hostess and then like also kind of like a barista or like deli counter behind the counter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then eventually table service and a little bit of fine dining. Um, and then I would say like, um, kind of gastro pub type, like people yeah. still expected a really good experience. It wasn't white tablecloth fine dining. Um, right. I worked in a couple, I, I worked in three restaurants in that time period. So I worked at each one for a couple of years. So I had long-term, you know, long-term restaurant. And then I never worked in hotels, but in, when I was working in my twenties, um, I worked at a lot of events that took place at hotels. And I was usually working with the event organizers where our team and the hotel event staff were sort of we were working together because we had the same clients, right? The clients were the people staying at the hotel, but they were also the ones paying to attend our event. Right. So I worked like side by side with a lot of like catering managers or meeting planners at hotels. And there's a lot of obviously hospitality that goes in to that. So that's kind of my history. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So it sounds like we both have done a fair amount. We did. And then we, and then we had kids and started serving <laughs> other kinds they of serve small them. demanding people, <laughs> irrational <laughs> customers. Yep. Okay. So let's just talk about like what, to you defines hospitality. And I can go first on this one. Sure. And I, I thought a lot about this after our experience in Palm mm -hmm. Springs, which we'll get into. Um, I think to me, hospitality, no matter where you are, is an attitude of wanting people to feel comfortable in your space. Um, mm -hmm. And you doesn't mean you have to go overboard and grant people's every whim. I mean, I know as a server, there were, I had to, you have to be able to say, no, we don't offer that or no, I can't do that. It's against our policy. Like, so it's not that you have to grant everybody's every whim, but I think you can still communicate through your attitude and your words and your actions that you're willing to, um, really take the extra step for someone else's comfort. Um, yeah. And I think that can happen at any price point at any level. Another big one that came up for me as I thought about this is I feel really well taken care of when somebody really knows their product or their venue or whatever it is and really takes ownership of it. So um, we're going to get into our pet peeves a little later. But one thing that bugs me is when uh, someone at a restaurant doesn't know the menu very well and a, a full full pass if somebody's brand new. But if you're brand new, you can also say, you know what, I just started or you know what, we just changed our menu. Let me grab someone for you who really can answer. So I feel I just feel taken care of when somebody really knows the answer to my questions and and almost like has an attitude of ownership for, you know, oh my gosh, I love this menu. Let me tell you my favorite parts or, you know, this this dish takes a little bit longer. Just want to let you know. So it's it's somewhat you don't know the the space or the menu because right. you're the guest. If they have that really deep knowledge and can use that knowledge to take care of your comfort, that to me is hospitality. Uh yeah, same. I I think I really liken it to the way I would want to host people in my home. So there's the graciousness, making an effort, um you know, like you said, like, you know, I might not always have exactly what a guest needs. And I'm talking about in my house or right. if I was in a service position, but like I will do what I can to help them. I'll work hard to get it for them, uh, make a situation right. Like in my home, I want to know where the toilet paper is in case yeah. they need it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like and I want them to know where to the toilet paper is or whatever the hand towels, like the soap, yeah. whatever it is. Like I want to make sure I don't ever want someone in my home to feel uncomfortable. And that's kind of the same way I felt when I was in service. Mm -hmm. um, I think what it really boils down to for me is like, I want to feel like they're happy that I'm there and not an inconvenience. Mm -hmm. And that is like, we'll get into this too, but that's like a very cultural thing. Like mm -hmm. sometimes uh, certain restaurants or hotels or whatever have the culture that you walk in and you, everyone is thrilled that you're there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you walk in and you are a bother mm -hmm. and it comes through loud and clear. It's almost like the details are not as important as mm -hmm. that overall 
like you said, ownership yeah. and pride and, and basically yeah. just wanting to take care of people because yeah. you want them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Well, let's get into the restaurant thing since we both sure. um, have spent some time there. So do you have a favorite kind of server in a restaurant? Like just the type of server you love to be taken care of by? Yeah. You want to go first on this one? Okay. Um, okay. I, so, okay. I've already mentioned uh, somebody who knows the menu really well and isn't afraid to give recommendations when asked. I actually, I love to eat out and I love food and I, the process of making a decision about what to eat is like, it's, it, I mean, it's not like life or death, but it's important. And so a lot, I will often ask for recommendations or ask between a couple of dishes. And so I do love when someone's not afraid to give opinions, you can tell that they're not giving just the standard answer. Um, Like, well, the most popular is this, but the ones where, Oh, you like this. Okay. Well you might like this. So I, I do love that. Um, I also love when a server can read the mood of the group and the Mm -hmm. table, because sometimes you're in the mood for a server to just help be the life of the party and be really involved and chatty and kind of buddy, buddy yeah. with you. And sometimes you're not for various reasons. And so I, I really notice when servers can pick up on that and sort of match the vibe of the table. So if you're with a group of girlfriends and you haven't seen each other in two years and you're going to spend the whole time chatting, you don't really need your server to do it, be, be anything other than just attentive, gracious, yeah. you know, be there when you need them. Um, but then other times I've had times when a server can really like add to the festiveness and like they're funny and cracking jokes. So I think a good server can read that and participate at the level you want, you, you know, that, that makes it an experience. Yeah, totally agree. Like I, like there's that inobtrusiveness about yes. it. Like, mm-hmm. like they're there and some of them, some servers are just so good. Like you don't even they're not hovering. Yeah. And you don't even know they're watching you, but somehow they know. They, like they just know it's time to pop up yep. and take care of things. And, you know, I really don't love the feeling. And we'll talk about this in our pet peeves. But like, I don't love having to sit with my head cranked around and try yes. to like stare down the server so that they'll notice me like stuff like that. Like, I just kind of want them to just kind of know, which yeah. means kind of that active watching without over serving yeah. um I know you have mentioned before Sarah that you don't love it when servers don't write things down oh, I'm yeah. always like super impressed if they can do it I'm impressed but like but like I'd rather they just wrote it down well because fun- I don't want to sit there and have to worry that they're not getting it right the funny thing is I did this all the time when I was a server and yeah I forgot to mention this but um so I, it's a total hypocrite thing because I worked in a really busy brunch we had a really busy brunch shift in Chicago we, we were the latest brunch in the city so you could come get like eggs benedict to like four in the afternoon and we would be busy from 10 a.m to one or two in the afternoon solid and when you take brunch orders it's often like an omelet with different you know different ingredients people are creating their own omelet there's different sides and I could take a six tops breakfast order without writing stuff down I just I did it for so long I knew our menu so well. So I totally used to do that. And now when people do it, it makes me nervous. I just feel like they're going to miss something. Like, just write it down. I know you're good. And I yeah. know you're probably not going to miss something, but it just makes me feel better. <laughs> so, so we have a funny thing kind of along those lines. Like in our in our little town, um, there is an old-fashioned diner. I'm talking like the kind of place where you can get two eggs, bacon, ha- hash yeah. browns, and toast for like $6. or what, right. You know, it's just like an old-fashioned diner. Mm-hmm. And for some, in the whole place, can't have more than 15 tables. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if there's more than that. I actually think there's probably 12. It's like five, like five booths on each side and then two tables in the middle. Anyway, um, they just went to this system where everyone has a tablet and oh. nobody knows how to use the tablet. <laughs> so 
they're all standing at the table and we're just waiting for them to screw up. Like everyone looks tense because we'll yeah. be like, okay, I like want my eggs over medium. And then this woman who's probably worked at this restaurant for 35 years. Oh my gosh. Is now has this tablet and she's like trying to figure out what to punch into the tablet. And I'm just on pins and needles. Like this is not gonna. No one's happy here. Like right. you're, you're 20 feet from the kitchen. You could yell the order yeah. to the kitchen and they could hear you. This, this seems like. Ugh. trying to add technology in a way that's not actually helping anyone at all. And I found that to be the technology is being awkwardly introduced in some restaurants. Right. And I think that like, there's nothing, nothing beats a good old little green pad. Right. Right. You know, yes. just jot it down, write it down, write, <laughs> write it, down. it down. And if it's too sloppy, rewrite it before you hand it to the cooks. But yeah. like, it just, to me, it kind of cracked me up. Cause it's <laughs> like, they tried to take writing things down to the next level, but somehow managed to devolve. Yeah. Yeah. while doing that oh my gosh so, so funny. yeah um okay so let's flip flip this around now when you yeah. were in service did you have a kind of a favorite type of customer or a pet peeve like your least favorite type of customer Ooh, um well I guess there's two I'll answer the, those two different questions okay so the first thing like my one of my pet peeves was if you had like a big table and you'd come to the table and one person would ask for something and you'd go get that thing oh, and then right yes. when you get back someone else wants something different. Yeah. But it's like the, like they're both a drink refill yes. or like whatever it is. Everyone wants water but nobody drinks their water. I know that's like a too, super common yeah. complaint from servers. Um, but another thing that like as far as like the type of because I know that just happens at big yeah. tables. Not yeah. People aren't paying attention to the servers' needs. They're all everyone's hectic and talking and like there's a lot going on and so you're not really noticing what someone down the table is doing but like the type of customer that would bug me would be the ones that would just like would come in with this entitlement yeah and then just kind of sit there and take up space like as long as they possibly could and yeah. ask for like tons of refills tons of service like long after their dinner was done yeah. and then leave me a really crappy tip yeah. so they're they've taken up a table yeah they've left a mess like, so I've been losing money on this table. Yeah. And then in the end, they still don't even leave me a good tip. And yeah. typically I found that those people were also not very nice to me. Like it's yeah. just yeah, there's it certain is, types. It, is there's, totally. it all goes hand in hand. Yes. How about you? Well, I have a couple of really specific things that bugged me. Um, one is that if there is a sign that says, please wait to be seated and the host isn't uh -huh. there, you do not grab the nearest booth and sit <laughs> yourself down. Right. Even, even if it's clean and it looks empty and that's, going to be maybe the table that you end up in. It's just to me it is the biggest insult. Talk about like the flip side of hospitality is being a gracious guest and to right. walk in and the very first thing says, please wait to be seated. And anyone who's worked in restaurants know there's like, there's all <laughs> kinds of things that go into where you seat somebody. There's, there's a million different things. And then sometimes yeah. they would do it at a dirty table. If we were busy, yeah. Someone had just gotten up. The table hadn't been bust yet. Now they're going in and, and there could be a wait list. There, I mean, that table right. could be someone else's and it's very hard to get people then to get up Out. and leave because <laughs> yes. then they really feel like it's their table. To me, that is just, it is the biggest like metaphorical middle finger and it just gets things. It's so rude. It's so entitled. It starts um, things off on the wrong oh, foot. It's just like, it's real simple. Please wait to be seated. Like just yep. can you follow that one rule and then we're going to serve you and create a great experience. Um, the other one that bugged me was when people would do gestures across a crowded restaurant, like, you know, needing the check or like they'd wave a beer bottle, like they'd wave an empty beer <laughs> bottle in the air. And like, okay, I get it. If they're trying to save you a trip over there and it's really simple, but it's some, it made me feel really like low 
to just have like monkey gestures, like point it, you know, like, like yeah. pantomimed at me for what? Well, what about, what about like a gesture, like a come hither gesture? Like I need you. Absolutely. Like a, like a gesture. Yeah. Catch your eye across the restaurant or raise your hand a little bit. Totally. I would hustle right over there, but, um, it's the, let me tell you what I need in big exaggerated pantomime from across the right. room. I don't know. Now it, I'm hoping that's not something that I've done to try to help somebody out. And then yeah, I sometimes can, I also feel like it probably depends on the place. Like there's definitely places where you're sitting at a bar and the bartender's yes. way down at the other end and you've yes. got an empty bar bottle. You can just kind of go. I totally, like, and I can totally see times where it makes sense and doesn't feel rude. The times when it was done to me, it felt, uh, it just felt kind of gross. Well, I could, you know, and also I think the fact that we were both serving tables when we were young makes mm -hmm. a difference too, because they're definitely, especially, I'm just going to say it, older male tables like yep. full mm -hmm. of dudes, yep. like almost like pat you on the head. Like, aren't you so yes. cute? Cause you're yes. a server kind of thing. And it was a certain type and I would get really ruffled about yes. some things that they did, like almost like a, like a pack behavior mm -hmm. um, that I found in extremely insulting where maybe in a different situation, I wouldn't. So yeah. it's just interesting. Like, again, it's, it's like, just don't insult people. Right. <laughs> like, just think about how someone will want to be treated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we're still, we're still talking about, we're still ranting. We're still ranting, but we're flipping the tables yet again. Yeah. And we're going back to being the guest. So um, I, I have one pet peeve for when I'm a guest. I don't know if you want to go first or I can go first, but. Um, I'll go first. Okay. So, so I guess my biggest one, I have a very long fuse for service. Like, yeah, I, I do too. I do super, too. Yeah. I'm not a super stickler for details. Like what it is for me is more a feeling like when someone just disappoints, people just give up on you. Like yeah. when people come and they're all up in your face and they want your order because they don't want to wait, they don't want to be patient. So it's like, hurry up and wait. Right. And then they just disappear. Yeah. And then they drop your food off or someone else drops the food off and then no one comes back to check on you. Yeah. You haven't been served in that case. You've been seated and food thrown at you. It's yeah. not the same. It's <laughs> yes. not the same thing. And it happens kind of a lot. The other thing is when you ask a question, like kind of what you were saying about the menu, uh -huh. like when you ask a question that you feel is perfectly reasonable and you just get like this blank stare and then you feel like you're the stupid one. Like, yes. And it can be anything from what's in this soup base. Yeah. To like, what's the soup today? Right. Or like, it could be anything. And sometimes there's a way of not knowing, or there's a way of that being a really basic question, but you still answer it because how is the customer supposed to know? Right. Um, and there's just sometimes there's just this blank stare. I, I you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Because mm -hmm. we got it a lot in Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah, yeah. It, is, it is like, who are you to ask that question? Or why would I bother? It's just, right. it's an attitude. Yeah. It is an attitude. Um, what about you? Okay. So a big pet peeve for me is, um, when a server or a whoever, a person in hospitality acts put out or annoyed before I've given them reason to. And I, I say that because I also have a long fuse for service. We were in line for a long time, um, in Phoenix recently. It wasn't uh, hospitality. We were going to a museum and there was one person taking or selling tickets. And Brian, right. Brian was so annoyed because they had all these stations or there could have been four or five ticket takers. And there was only one. And I, I said, you know what, that does not bother me. I just assume they're understaffed or the line got long that no one is being rude or unaccommodating. They maybe didn't plan well, but to me, that's right. different than like a real failure of hospitality. But anyway, so I have a long fuse. I can be very patient, but when, um, if you go in with a bunch of kids and they treat you like these kids are going to be so rambunctious right. and annoying before they've 
before they've had a chance to. I mean, I'm, I admit I have been a table full of crying toddlers before. I've also been that annoying table full of women who are catching up and pay no attention to the server. That's an annoying table for a server. If the ladies can't stop talking enough to look at the menu and they just literally sit there forever and no one can make a decision. Like I get it. I've been there, but don't treat me like I'm one of those people, one of those tables. If I haven't given you reason to, it's like acting. Well, you should never treat a table like they're annoying, even if they are. That's true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like no matter what you shouldn't, because you, first of all, you have no idea what's going on. And secondly, they might leave you an amazing tip. You don't know. Like you can't really pre like, yes, they might annoy you, but that's what you're, you're in the business of dealing with annoying people. Exactly. And there's something that just sets me off when I can tell I'm being like put into this like assumption that it's being assumed I'm a certain. And I actually, bartenders will do it sometimes too. Like bartenders, if you go in for one drink and they can just tell like, okay, these ladies are going to have one glass of wine. They're going to take up space in my bar. They're going to talk for an hour and a half. Like I know this type and I can tell when I'm being typed and it bugs me. So that's mine. Um, I know hot on that one fired up. Okay. Before we take our break, (laughs) one more question. Do you have a particularly like comically awful customer service experience that comes to mind? Not counting, not counting counting the one we're going to talk Um, about. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, so I will just say like, when I, when you ask this question, I probably have one like once a year, twice a year where I'm just like, come on people. And again, like we both have these long fuses for it, but I have a point where I snap. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that I I'm thinking that. of, I saw you it. Saw, <laughs> it probably that happens even less frequently, like the, the yeah. part where I snap, but I had an experience a few years ago. This just kind of summarizes like everything where it was all of the things I hate. So I was out <laughs> with a group and they sat us in a weird spot. First of all, where like, it wouldn't be easy to take care of us, which was kind of like, can be a pet peeve of mine. Like, don't make this harder on yourself than it has to be. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, the server didn't seem very experienced. He didn't know anything. Like did, just didn't know anything yeah. at all about the menu, about the drink menu. He brought, he went to the table, asked for everyone's drink order, but nobody had a drink menu. So everyone else like kind of knew what they wanted. Like they all got like, I don't know, Corona's or something, yeah. but I wanted to look at a drink menu. He brought them all their drinks and then brought me a drink menu. <laughs> oh, so first of all, like what? Now I feel like an idiot. Cause I'm just, I feel weird. Yeah. So I finally, then he disappears for a while. Then I order my drink. Then he, like takes everyone's food order. So like some food is going before I even have my drink. So everything is coming like all out of order. And like half the time people either like are, some people are finishing and some people are just getting aspects of their food and it's just being dropped off by random people. And our server is gone, like completely just disappeared. (laughs) And there comes a point where I just sit back in my chair and just start waiting, like waiting to see how much they're going to screw up. Like I can't even enjoy myself anymore. It's the principle of the thing. I start to get really angry. Like I I flip a switch and I can deal with lots of mistakes. Yeah, me too. Lots of stuff. But if I'm abandoned or not treated well, I get (laughs) mad. And if it's pervasive and it's happening over and over and over, I get even madder. So this comes to the point where I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm going to take speak to the manager. And everyone's like, oh boy, oh boy. Megan's fired up. And I was like, so I went and found a manager and was just laid it out. Like, this is what happened. This, 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 and this happened. It was terrible. Their attitude was awful. Like, and in, and the manager just has this look on their face, like get this lady out of my office. Yeah. I can't remember why I ended up in his office. Like someone <laughs> led me to his office. Ooh. I was like, okay, this feels very official. Um, I just couldn't take it any longer. So I've had other experiences similar to that, but that's just one that stands out. No. And you know, as you were talking, what I was thinking of is, um, great servers have a really good sense of timing. So like the drink menu one is 
a really good example of like, that's the highest priority because first of all, it's really quick to grab. And second of all, if you don't get it, then the timing, just like you said, everything gets off. So it's like, you kind of have to know what things, like I always order a side of ranch with my fries because I love fries dipped in ranch. Yeah, It's almost always they forget it because it's not, the ketchup comes automatically. And I, I always ask for it when I order, but you almost always have to remind them. Well, that's something that if it doesn't come right away, my fries are cold and I've eaten right. half my meal. So like you have to kind of know like, okay, this is an immediate, it's a, it's a small need, but it, it, it is an immediate need. Whereas like other right. things happen over a longer period of time. So yeah, that's, there awful. is, there is like, there is like a difference between, right. It's like prioritizing or triaging. Yes, exactly. That is something that I think a lot of um, servers don't innately know how to do, but then that needs to be taught to them. And I think yeah. sometimes it's just not, you know, yeah. so yeah. Um, okay. So my, my horror story was actually so funny. We tell this it's over and over again. I was with Brian's dad and stepmom and sister and her husband. It was before I had kids. Um, and we were in Florida and we were at this country club where a family friend. So if you're a member of a country club, you have to, a lot of them, you have to spend a certain amount throughout the year at the pro shop and the restaurant. And if you don't, it basically like goes to waste. Does that make sense? Like you have a certain amount of credit and it was the end of the year. And so we had been invited to go to this friend's country club and have a really nice dinner because he wasn't in town. And he was like, well, somebody at least needs to use up this, um, this credit that we've banked at the restaurant. So we're like, great. They're like really nice country club dinner. And we go and like yours, it was a comedy of errors. But the funny thing was it was supposed to be a very, very nice white tablecloth restaurant. And we couldn't really complain because we were there as guests of a member yeah. and it wasn't really our, I mean, it, the <laughs> member could get mad probably. Was it really your place? Cause it, was it wasn't really our place. So the, the right. things that I remember specifically were we bought a very expensive bottle of wine and they brought it to the table to do table service. They did not present it or offer a taste, which like okay. red wine. I mean, hello. Yeah. Like I did that even when I worked at like a neighborhood pub everybody does everybody does that so they didn't (laughs) do that they just started to open it and I think Brian's dad did say something like hey uh gonna maybe check to see if that's the one we wanted like they didn't do the presenting nothing then they start to pour this bottle of wine and there's six of us at the table so a bottle of wine is gonna only be divided by six if we have you know a small pour so you could either ask or you could pour small portions but what they did was fill the first two people's glasses like all the (laughs) way full like eight like an eight ounce pour (laughs) and then they just kind of looked up and were like oh oops we're out of wine do you want another bottle and Brian's dad like oh my gosh like the blood pressure is rising and so that was like one of the first things they also took everyone's order but Brian's dad and then walked away like when it was time to place our order like they just forgot who's they'd taken and and turned their back and just disappeared and didn't take one order and then I know at least one at least one piece of meat was like ridiculously undercooked, like still alive. And and from there it was all the little things, but I'll never forget that wine present the the wine lack of presentation. And all of us just sitting there looking like, oh my gosh, what is what is happening? Like we were on candid camera. And then just yes. pouring, like pouring these big pours to the first two people around the circle and then be like, as huh. though they've never dealt with a yeah. bottle of wine before. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like all bottles of wine have the same amount in them. Right. So they all pour the same. Exactly. Like, so <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's and then or asking not. like, like oh, Oh, I guess maybe do you want to get another one? It was like, well, I don't even know if I want this one because you didn't let me taste it. You want another $250 bottle of wine? Let's see. (laughs) 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, it's time to talk about what happened in Palm Springs. Oh again. boy, all right, I'm adjusting myself. I'm getting, yeah, get comfy. I'm getting, I'm, you know, I'm getting my posture in place because I feel like <laughs> I need to like sit up straight to talk about this. Well, I hopefully <sighs> our, the disclaimer is that we were there for a conference. We are pretty relaxed when we're together that we have, yeah. like we've said, we have a long fuse for little mistakes here and there. So we would not, um, we would not be gathering here today to talk about bad customer, <laughs> customer service, service if it had been one or yeah. two things or if it had been handled well that's the other thing is yes. you can always um you can always recover from a bad day or you know a set of circumstances that you weren't expecting hospitality is about the way you make your guests feel even in the face of you know yes. running out of something or a, one particularly rude server or whatever so that's the disclaimer right. is we are going to we are going to talk about what went wrong, but just know that like it, it had to be a lot for us to really get irritated I and, think. and very pervasive. I think like, OK, so I had a very long travel day. Um, uh -huh. I flew from South Bend through, I think, Chicago to Palm Springs. So mm -hmm. it was a long travel day for me. And the first sign that something was going awry was that you had offered to get me food so that it'd be waiting for me when I got there or at least already. Ordered yeah, you were really hungry. You'd only had snacks. I was really hungry. Day. So. 
you were like, I will order room service for you, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like in the Uber on my way there and I'm getting texts from you saying things like, like the room service doesn't work or something. Yeah. And then um, they're out of coffee. Yes. <laughs> so tell that because this okay. is my first tease of what's yes. happening. Okay. So I got to the hotel around, I think, um, noon or so. I checked in. Check-in was fine. Uh, the room was fine. The room, I don't think we had major issues with the room, although we did hear that some guests at this hotel did. And I actually took a nap, which was lovely. I had slept horrible the night before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in a hotel by myself. And Megan's getting here in a few hours. So I take a nap. I wake up from my nap and I would like just my afternoon cup of coffee, regular coffee, iced coffee, doesn't have to be from an espresso machine or fancy, just coffee. So I walk down to the restaurant, which is kind of like the main restaurant. It also opens out onto like the pool patio area. It's their main restaurant. And I said, where can I get a cup of coffee? And she said, oh, we're out of coffee. And so I, of course, thought she meant that particular restaurant location, which is still kind of weird. It's just it's just coffee. So I said, Oh, is there like a front off, like a, you know, a little cafe in the lobby or maybe the pool bar or like, this is a big hotel. So there's several places where one could get a drink. There's a bar, there's a, and she said, no, the whole hotel is out of coffee. And I was like, really? Like I was more just surprised than anything. Like, like, that's, what? that's like, a, that's a weird thing to be out of. And she just had this attitude of like, mm, I don't know what to tell Whatever. you. It's this, right. I don't know what to tell you attitude that became very pervasive. So I walked up to the front desk and I said, I just heard that the whole hotel is out of coffee. Of course they didn't know that this was news to them. This goes back to my, like, know your product and right. know your venue. They're like, Oh really? Huh? That's weird. Well, there's a seven 11 across the street. I was like, well, I, I just want I, coffee. Like, right. just want a like cup of coffee. I also don't want to have to go pay. I don't want to have to walk across the street leave. and pay for 7-Eleven coffee. And let's mention there's a conference happening in this hotel. So right. it's not just that the guests couldn't have coffee. Ostensibly, there was no coffee for any of no. the, the whole the conference, conference center attendees. Nope. None. There was, no, none. It's not a in the conference whole. center in a hotel that ran <laughs> out of coffee. Hundreds of people, yeah. So anyway, that's how it started. Um, and by the time you got there, I had ordered your food from a re- from a menu. Like you said, it said in-room dining was the name of the menu yep. that was on our bed. So I'm thinking, great, in-room dining. I push a button on the phone that says room service. I <laughs> order it and they say... Every time we tried to order room service, it was a little different, but I think they said something like, well, are you going to come pick it up or would you like it delivered? And I'm like, well, I I pushed a button called room service. So it would be great if it could be brought to the room. And they said, well, that's $5 extra. And I was like, well, that's fine. It's a delivery charge. That's a delivery charge. That's very common. They were so weird about it. And they were like, well, it's, it's just easier if we pack it up, like to go here and you come get it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Who who cares? Let's Let's make it easier on you guys. Okay. So let's also say that when, remember the thing I said about people making you feel stupid when yes, you ask a reasonable yes. question, the next day when I pushed the same room, cause after that, I was just like on a roll at that room service button. I pushed the room service button. The guy answers the phone and I said, you know, I want room service. And he said, we don't have room service. And I said, well, you will deliver food to the room though. Right. It says that on this menu. He's like, well, yeah, but it's $5. I was like, okay, well I, I that's room service. So that's what I want. And he said, yeah, but we're really busy. <laughs> like what so like basically so we you just don't aren't gonna we're just, like, not, just gonna. not gonna yes I couldn't believe it and it was just this attitude of like whatever like I don't really care so sorry I totally skipped ahead I can't remember no no I mean there's there, no so that night was fine so then I think that the other key story a couple of key stories one is breakfast the next morning we observed 
So, okay, first of all, we had to bring us room service. They wouldn't bring us room service. And I was mad because, remember, this is the fashionable conference where everyone looks really good. And I was not planning. And you and I look sloppy. I was not planning on going out into the world before coffee and breakfast. So we have to go to the restaurant looking like schmoes or something. I don't know. And, um... I mean, my coffee, again, with the coffee, I feel like a broken record, but we, you ordered tea and I ordered coffee. Usually tea takes longer because they have to, you know, get it all set up. I still did not have a cup of coffee at the table 20 minutes into our meal. We'd already placed our food order. We'd already like, things were already happening. No coffee. Um, We observed, oh, do you want to tell about them taking away food? Well, you saw it because you yeah. were, your, my back was to the room. All I heard was this woman cussing behind us like <laughs> to herself. She wasn't cussing at anybody, but like, she was like, what really? So anyway, tell them what happened. Yeah, well, she got that. up to say hello to someone. Someone walked by the opening of the restaurant. She got up to give somebody a hug, but her, her stuff was still at the table. Her food was maybe a quarter eaten and she was away from the table for 30 seconds and she came back and they had taken all of her food, her, her food, which <laughs> was her not tea eaten. and her, like and her wasn't tea. eaten. No. <laughs> and, and then the wait the, the manager who looked like she had rolled out of bed that morning. And I don't care how people dress, but she looked sloppy. Like mm-hmm. it was, was just kind of standing there. Like she had this permanent expression on her face. Like what? Like that was the look on her face. Every time I saw her, like she had no idea what was going on. It was, and, and didn't, and didn't much care. Okay. Really, so that was what, like, just kind of meh. One of our friends, I won't call out just in case they don't want to be associated with us bashing this experience. But one of our friends said, it's like this whole hotel is a shrug emoji. Like, you know, the emoji oh with gosh. the person being like, eh, I don't know. And I don't yeah. care. Like that, what? Yeah. Yes, that was. The- so and when you get when you get that feeling over and over and over, you start to feel like you're the problem. That's like like as an yeah. Enneagram, too. I mean, I start to almost internalize it and think there's something wrong with me. I don't know how to be at a hotel. Right. Like, clearly, I'm, like, I'm not doing this right. Yes. And it, then it makes me feel bad. Like, it's just it's not a good experience no. to every time you want something, have someone tell you you're wrong. It doesn't exist. Or they you don't should go to 7-Eleven. Or you should go to 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you, you, Miss Manager, you walk to 7-Eleven and pick up a bag of coffee and then come back here and, and act like, that's more like it's happens. a real problem. It's, that's what that's what makes you start right. to wonder if it's you, because if you're like, no one is acting like this is an actual problem. And yet every time we told the story to someone else we were with, they were like, the whole hotel ran out of coffee. Like, that's super weird. Right. So if they and handled everybody it, everybody like, else had their. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the other thing. Everybody else had their own story. <laughs> as well. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There were other crazy stories. I think the only specific thing we haven't mentioned yet is when we were speaking. So, um, we were well taken care of as speakers. We spoke to a group of, I don't know, 75 women about podcasting in the conference center and the event organizers had saved a box lunch for us because our, um, presentation was from 12 to one. So a lot of people were eating during that time. And so they grabbed a box lunch for us and we had our box lunches with kind of our purses, our laptops and our stuff on a table up by where with we like were half speaking. empty water bottles. Yeah, like, it's our, very clear this table's being we're, used. Our sweaters are right there. We're it is our table and we are currently using it. And we turned our backs to answer some questions right after we um, finished speaking. And they took away our full box lunch and just they were unopened. Just unopened. They just took just them. gone. And I was really hungry. Away. And I was like, and I hate food waste. We I was grumpy. like, what? What? Like I turned my back for a second. Well, oh. and okay. So one other thing, and this is like a little picky. And if it hadn't, if this had been it, I wouldn't really have cared. But I went to go get a tea. Which oh, yeah. Usually a co- like a conference center would generally have tea. Yes. But this one did not. Like it wasn't one of the options. So I had to go back to the restaurant and pay for tea, which 
five dollars mm-hmm. for a tea bag and some hot water but mm-hmm. okay so i'm standing there it takes the girl forever like she has to go back into like some catacombs or something yeah. to get the tea and bring it back to me and then it's five dollars and some change and so i handed her six dollars in cash and she just stood oh, there yeah. as though as though she'd <laughs> never encountered cash in her life like she kind of just stood there holding it and then she turned and like looked at the cash register and then she kind of looked back at me. Then she went, she just disappeared and went and talked to someone. And then that person. And then finally I was like, is there a problem? Can I, I can just put it on the room. She's like, we don't have coins. <laughs> Something like that. And I was like, okay, then you can just keep it. Like, just give me my tea. I have a place to go. It was again, it's not like the fact that she didn't have change. It was that she had no problem solving ability yes. or desire. It was yes. just blank, like a blank face. Like, Again, like a human shrug, like yes. a shrug emoji, a human shrug emoji. Um, um, I did forget. I forgot the second morning when we just wanted oh, right. <laughs> the morning after the room service or maybe that same morning, just wanted the the regular coffee service that they put out early in the morning right. at a hotel, which I had asked the night before. What time does that start? 630. Great. I'm there at 630. No one's there. I walked to the front desk and they said, oh, I think maybe the restaurant opens at seven. And I said, well, that may be true. But they, I know for sure they said that 630 was when just just the coffee service. And so they were a good 15. Oh, and then they also suggested 7-Eleven again at that moment. They were like, again, 7-Eleven across the street. I'm like, yep, I know. You told me yesterday. Um, by this point, it's been 18 hours. So someone yeah. could have driven to Costco. Right. Or you know what I mean? Like th- this did not need to be a problem. Yeah. I know they still they had coffee at this point. They, yeah, but they did, but they were a good 15 minutes late it setting it up for the time that had said. Well, um, probably the manager hadn't rolled out of bed yet. Yeah. She was still getting on her, her cardigan. <laughs> so let's talk about the moment, the, 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 like, I don't know, the coup de grace. Yeah. The moment we're at all. So we're sitting out on the patio waiting to have dinner. Like nobody's eating. We're like kind of in this corner of the patio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we joined a group of four other people or five other people. And mm-hmm. we're sitting there and someone had dropped off like a bottle of margarita mix at their table. And they said, like, this, the service is super slow. Like, no one's paying attention to us. And so, yeah, are you supposed to have beverages that aren't yours on a hotel patio? Generally not. Um, but by this point, I think everybody had just given up. Like, Yeah. And the people <laughs> like, who no, dropped it off were about to get on an airplane. So they were more just yeah. saying, like, hey, we had this in our room. We can't fly with it. So here you go. Here um, you go. And yeah. we're still, every, people are still ordering drinks. We're, we're waiting to go inside and have dinner, like, in 20 minutes. So we're all just kind of sitting there. And then suddenly this man shows up. The first time Bill. anyone in a management position had shown their face. We have the literally week. not yeah. seen a manager the entire time. And suddenly Bill pops up and he's like, uh, who gave you that? Who gave you those drinks? And we're like, what? And he's all stammery and weird. And he was like, well, health department code violations. You can't have that. Like, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, OK. And then yeah, we, we put were it like, away. Okay, no problem. Totally get no it. No problem. We put it away and he walks away. But this is when I flip. I switch flips. <laughs> I was irate. Well, like, OK, so we have to continue with what happened next, which is the sure. last reservation. Right. So, yeah. We, so I was already building. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> we then walk in and the group we were with at a foursome and had invited us to join them for dinner. So they had called the night before and made a reservation for four. We were now six. And so they said, OK, we were here for our reservation. We were already there, but we were going into the dining room area. We have a reservation, um, but would it be a problem if there were two more? And they couldn't find the reservation at all. They said, well, we, we don't have your reservation because there's a private party here. And the ladies were but, like, well, but, but the we, way she said but it, we made a, a reservation. <laughs> right. And you, the way this woman says it, she goes, 
Yeah, I don't even know why they would have made you a reservation because we we have a private party. And so they, like we can't even accommodate you. And then they said, well, we can seat four of you since you did. Yes. You said you made that reservation. So we will make room for four, but not six. And we look around and the dining room is completely empty. Now they were expecting a private party. Totally get it again. Totally get it. But it's a little confusing why we're, we're not like we didn't ask to quadruple the size of our table. Like literally we could have squeezed two more chairs and they were very clear that they were willing to seat four, but not six. And there's six of us standing here and the the dining room is a hundred percent empty. And we're like, this just seems weird. At which point Megan says, excuse me, Bill. (laughs) I happen to look over um, the shoulder of the person next to me. And I see Bill, the manager who has just given us you know, and by the way, didn't ask us anything about our service or our stay. Yeah. Did you notice that? Like, yeah. He came over, gave us crap for having this bottle of tequila or margarita mix on the table, but then left and didn't say, so how is everything? Yeah. How are you guys doing? Like, is everything great? He just wandered away. So at this point now, I'm just, I can't anymore. And I just said, excuse me, Bill. And he turns around <laughs> and then we all just laid into Bill. Like I started and then he goes, he said, I said, uh, or you said they didn't, there wasn't even coffee. And he's like, what do you mean? Like fancy coffee? And Sarah goes, no, basic human rights coffee. And the and funny then, thing is, I don't even really remember. It's like I was having an you went to a fever state. Yes, you went into like a fevered state and you just rattled off all the things. And then he was like, what do you mean? There's no coffee. I know there's coffee in the building. And then that's another thing. Like, yeah, I'm telling arguing, you how things. Yeah. If I tell you how things were, then don't argue with yes. me. I'm I'm not like irate. I'm not yelling in your face. I'm just calmly explaining this is what happened. So and he got really real defensive. That's right. He said, there's yes. coffee in the building. I said, I'm not talking about today, Bill. Two days ago, the entire <laughs> hotel ran out of coffee, not fancy coffee, basic human rights coffee. Like, I just want a cup of coffee, coffee. <laughs> so he kind of stammered and like acted like he was going to make it right. And then we were all like, you know what? Let's just go. And we yeah. went someplace else. We went to a very good Thai restaurant for yeah. dinner. We had a great time. And night. here's the thing about this. Like, I think we run the risk of sounding super petty about uh-huh. some of this stuff or like cranky grumpy yeah. people that just complain. I never complain. And when I do, it's like, I've been pushed mm-hmm. to like beyond it's again, it's a, a million things can cascade and go wrong, but yeah. it, it's basically just no one cared. It at was, all. it was, and it was the way each individual thing was handled, um, was cumulative and was pervasive and was cultural. Um, and yeah. you have a conference of influencers, um, and many of whom have paid a lot of money either to attend the conference or to stay yeah. at this hotel or both. Um, and I don't think anyone was looking for white glove, like, right. You know, nobody was looking to be, um, pampered. It wasn't that kind of a conference. People were there working, so that's why it just felt baffling. Like you said, it felt like, is this me? Like, am I expecting right, too much? Me? Like to push right. a, room, a button that says room service and be told we're too busy. Can you come get right. your own food? Like that just feels like, wait, am I, am I are my expectations out of line? So right. um, or to be told you, we don't have room service. Then I'm like, am I crazy? But <laughs> like, you do. Is there, but, it, but you, I think you, I'm pretty sure you do though. Then you start questioning everything. Like, so, do I even understand the world? So, yeah. So let's break down just that room service button thing again and see how it could have been handled differently. Let's say they've changed their policy for whatever reason. The kitchen can't actually handle. They don't have people to bring you like the silver cloches, like the official room service on the cart. But the phones haven't been updated and they still have that button. Okay, so great. No problem. First of all, don't put a menu in the 
hotel room that says in-room dining with a menu because that also leads to confusion. And then when you answer the phone, you train your employees to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We recently changed our policy. We don't have room service anymore. Here's your choices. Our dining room is open till eight or we're happy to pack it up in a to-go container for you and hold it here if you'd like to come get it and then eat it in your room. We would have been like, oh, totally get and it. And then we would, no yeah, problem. that would have happened once at the first time you called. Then we would have been like, yep, okay, that's just how it is. Right. But every time we called, we got a very, like a, a slightly different, different version. Slightly different and also very uninformed. So yes, um, I guess, I mean, it's getting, we're running a little long here, but I did write a specific letter to the GM. I did not leave a nasty review. I prefer not to leave a nasty review if I can't actually communicate it to someone I think will listen and care. Because I believe at a hotel of this level, someone would actually care to hear the specifics, not just to hear us rant and rave. I mean, but to really actually understand what happened. So I took the time and I wrote a very detailed letter and I felt, I did feel petty. I feel a little petty having this conversation because it feels gripey. But at the time, it it felt like someone just needs to be aware that people are spending right. hundreds of dollars and some basic human rights, not basic human rights. So, yeah. <laughs> but some, some basic hospitality needs are not being met. So, and I did get a response. And, and yeah, you did. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and I think that, you know, especially if this represents a big chunk of your budget or this is all the money you have to spend on a vacation this year or a conference or whatever it is, it even feels worse because, yeah. you know, we're not, nobody's entitled to anything. Right. But when you pay for something, you kind of hope you're going to get a good feeling out of it. Yeah. And it doesn't really, you know, it, when it doesn't, when it doesn't happen, it's really disappointing. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess this brings us to kind of our final thought, which is a strategy for giving feedback. And I kind of said, like, I, I will take the time to give feedback. I also really like to give feedback when I've had a great customer service experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm as the older I get and the more, I don't know, a little out of the weeds of parenting. I feel like I have a little more time and I travel a little bit more. I really make an effort to let management know when we've had a great experience. The kids and yeah. we just came home from Arizona and stayed at probably, I would I would call it the same level of a, you know, hotel as the Palm Springs one. Um, and we had phenomenal guest experience at every turn. And again, same thing. It was cultural. You could tell yeah. it was cultural because everywhere you turned, someone was available to help. Um, just going above and yep. beyond in little ways. So it is possible. Um, and I do try to let, I, I do try and communicate when it's been a great experience too. So, um, but I yeah, did, I too. did write a letter and they, um, they did write, I did get a note back offering me a, a couple of complimentary nights, which is, is very gracious. And I may or may not take them up on that. But again, I, I would have probably just rather had a good experience. Like I wasn't looking for experience. more free time at a hotel that may or may right. not have improved its game, you know? Right. Exactly. And I know that we were running low on time, but like, I will also say for me, I don't, we've, you know, we mentioned that we were talk about tipping. Um, I don't tip any differently for bad service. And here's why I I'm like a 20% tipper minimum. Yeah. I tip better for great service. Yep. I agree. I wouldn't tip less unless I took the additional step to go speak to somebody because I feel like if I just tip less, that does not tell the server what they need to know. Right. They just exactly. think I'm a grumpy person who exactly. didn't want to tip them. And it just, it just creates this like cycle. Right. So if I'm not going to take the time to go talk to someone or mention something, or at least say to the server, you know, like this really didn't go well, I'm right. not going to tip less. Right. Just, I just feel like then the message is lost. And then you've kind of like punished somebody without actually educating them yes, <laughs> or I, like helping them do better. I, so there's I no totally point. agree. I totally agree. And I yeah. think if the aim is really to improve everybody's experience um, and like treat this as like, okay, well this happened, let's, 
let's help not have it happen again, then I agree. Like a tip is probably not going to solve anything. Right. And it feels it a little bit. It doesn't teach just them a lesson. Me- no, just- no. <laughs> yeah. And, and then yeah. We, we know from being servers, there's so many things that might've been out of their control and they're, yep. they're the one point person, but they're not in charge of the entire experience. So yep. yeah, I think, I think, I yeah. All right. Well, well, on- <laughs> that was, a, that was a long vent session. Whew. Do you feel like, <laughs> Do you feel better now or do you feel like you want to like, I don't know. I do feel like I have told the story enough times now and we've gotten some good laughs out of it because it felt so absurd <laughs> at the time. Like, yes. are we on candid camera? Like, is this really happening? Yeah. Um, but I do feel, I feel complete about it. Good. I'm glad we have closure. I do. <sighs> I do. So good. we'd love to hear from you guys if you have... Um, thoughts on customer service experience, guest experience. If you have lots of years in the restaurant industry, you can always email us hello at themomhour.com or find the show notes blog post at themomhour.com that goes with this episode and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, I promise we are really gracious when we go out and we love a great you know, we love to eat out. We love to stay at nice hotels. So we're not, yep. we're not scary. We're not scary. To, <laughs> we're not scary. I'll take mediocre service. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Just not like terribly bad over and over with, with the shrug emoji. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. totally. All right, guys. Well, we will be back with you on Tuesday and Megan, this was fun. This was very fun. See you guys then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N-Francis.substack.com.